0: Hello, and welcome to episode five of Dirty Hands,
1: Dirty Mouth. Juicy's your Dirty Hands, and I'm your Dirty Mouth. That's me,
2: Juicy, Dirty Hands.
3: Sorry, not on the ball tonight. Hi, guys. No worries. I'm Boomer, and uh, I'm just an ass.
2: Tonight we have a bigot in the house. This is El Jefe
1: Nuggs, a.k.a. My Nuggs, a.k.a. Nugget. Nuggs actually
0: raises livestock. He raises cattle for livestock on his family farm in Ontario, so we're going to be bugging him today about that and also how he manages to keep a shirt on most of the day because I know that's a mystery that most of you are wondering about. So, I don't, the so starting off, Nugs, uh, the, the breed uh, of cattle you raise, you said they're like a, a Maine Anjou or
4: something? Could you just talk about that a little bit?
5: They're uh, a French cow, they come from France, they're in, uh a, like a dairy cow and an English They imported them to North America in 1969. 1969, hey. That's when they got here.
2: Now, yep, on my end, just a little bit, can you give us the name of them again?
5: Main Anjou. M-A-I-N-E-A-N-J-O-U. Main Anjou.
1: Uh, how many so, uh, go on B.
3: Juicy, you go ahead
1: okay. Um, I was going to ask him if he's primarily raising them for for meat or if he uses any of them for milk cows or
5: This push to talk thing has given me grief, but. We'll work through it. We, uh, they do actually, they were bred for like both milk and, and beef, but we just mainly use them for, for meat.
1: How many head have you got?
5: We've downsized quite a bit, like in the last, probably 20 years, we've got only 14 cows now, I think. Do
1: you keep them?
5: Oh, at one time ahead. we had 26, I think, cows, and then of course every year each one has a calf, so then you know that number doubles.
1: What are you going to ask, Boomer? Um,
3: I was curious. Do you do you uh, sell your calves off at auction, or do you try to raise them in breed your own stock or is that what you've been doing like cleaning up your herd to get what you want out of your uh, meat so so to speak
5: yeah well we'll keep some heifer calves but all the bull calves unless somebody wants a bull they get turned into steers and they go for stock
1: how
3: about uh your 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 local community do you do you provide for them around you or do you just strictly do it for your own personal
5: we usually keep one for our own freezer every year and then the neighbor up the road gets one and the other neighbor gets half and my brother gets a half or a quarter or whatever like depends whoever wants it can get some as long as there's supply there.
3: Oh, well, that sounds like uh, you're kind of right up the alley of what we're going with then. So you're, you're keeping it fairly small, keeping it local and keeping people that you know fed. That's, that's, that's a great step forward for a lot of people if they can start doing that. If there's something that they can do to provide for people around them, I think that we could turn this whole thing around.
5: It's a shit ton of work, man. I tell you that.
3: Um, because I'm in a house in a, in a town, I do a lot of the driving for, uh, people like say, if we got to pick up a goat or a cow, uh, I just use my truck and we'll use either their trailer or somebody else's trailer and we go down and pick it up. But, uh, just, just doing that. I never thought of how much help that is, but people keep giving me free meat all the time because I keep helping them. And my, like, so I just do it because I have the time. I'm not doing it for anything, and it's keeping my family fed, which is a total bonus in the end.
5: Well, yeah, dude, groceries are expensive.
3: Yeah, and so is gasoline now, right? So if we hey, all pitch I- in together.
2: We buy sides of beef every year, but I don't know a whole a lot of anything about raising cattle at all, actually.
3: Well, that seems like a good segue into the next little bit here, because that, that would be a, an ideal knowledge to know how if you ever get into a farm. What would you start with?
5: Yeah, see, like my parents have been breeding these cows for well my whole life pretty much and uh so they're all full blood uh like they they have papers so their pedigree just like a purebred dog or you know that kind of thing these are full blood main anjou cattle and they have to trace their lineage back to the original ones that came from either england or france
3: oh that's really impressive um i know they do that with goats as well it's pretty pretty impressive extensive knowledge that comes with these animals sometimes. There's like a whole list of people who have them and who, who don't have them.
5: Yeah, the, the breed actually has an association, the Canadian Maine Association. And there's breeders like in Saskatchewan, in Ontario, Alberta, and a lot of the, there's a lot of them down south in the States. They like these cows because they're big and uh, they grow fast.
4: Okay, guys, so we've got a question from the chat. Tracy wants to know how much it costs to, to raise one,
5: one of your cows? Well, that all depends. Like, do you wanna raise them in a in a stockyard and feed them corn? Or do you wanna pasture them out on grass? Cause that's a lot cheaper.
1: Yeah, well, we'll say a grass-fed cow. Grass is primarily
5: free when you have your own farm.
3: <laughs> Usually the hay around your local areas are, are pretty good at supplying. Uh, well, especially around here. I'm just east of Edmonton, and it's a truck ride down the road and we pick up uh hay and 200 bucks 250 bucks and the whole trailer's filled full of hay and we bring it back and it, they they eat that fast and uh we don't have any cows uh at this one farm but the amount that the goats can eat just always surprises me it really does they get so big but yeah if you don't kill them off they'll you, they'll out eat you
4: Better question then is um, how much for a head? Like if you just wanted to buy a, a calf or something, how much are you going to pay?
5: Well, if you just buy your basic crossbred calf at the auction, they're pretty cheap. But like, like I say, our, our cattle are pedigree, so they command a, a higher dollar because they're worth more. I think my dad sold some calves here in the fall at the at the at the fall sale, and they brought around twenty five hundred to three thousand dollars, and they are probably maybe six seven hundred pounds. Oh, well, that's excellent. And then how yeah, long, they aren't cheap.
4: Then, how long does it take to um, to raise it from calf to uh, to slaughter?
5: About a year. Like inside of, you know, six to eight months, they're 700 to 900
1: pounds.
3: That, that brings me to a question about size of farm with, you said four, you have about 14 cows. How big of a farm do you recommend for say said ten ten 10 cows? How small of a farm could you get away with?
5: if you want to grow your own crops like your own hay and that kind of thing to feed 10 cows you need minimum 50 acres
1: do you cycle them rotate them through fields
5: or do you just let them roam on these 50 acres no we uh probably well let me think here there's Probably, we've got 70 acres here and we do about half of that in hay, like for round bales and to feed the cattle in the winter. And then we have a farm across the road that we take hay off of because the fellow that owns it doesn't farm it. So we just pasture the cattle over there in the summertime. So
1: it's a kind of rotation that they do then?
5: Yep. And we move them. We have the, there's a big field out the side here that we put fence across and we let them graze on one area for a while until the grass gets low. And then we move them to the next. And then once the grass comes back, we move them back over there. So yeah, it's a rotation.
2: So you say, you said every year you get new babies because you breed them.
1: Do you, obviously you have experience with calving.
5: Oh, yes. Which is these cattle, they calve easy. So you don't really have to do too much. You just let them do it on their own unless they get into trouble and then you have to pull them and you know, it's, it's calving. So when do you guys usually calve out in
1: spring?
5: No, right now, January and February is when we have our calves. really in the cold like that hey yeah well we put the cows stay outside all year round like they're they're pretty tough they they have a pole barn that they go in but they live outside
1: well, i here i thought they came in the spring
2: but i actually have a friend that i buy beef off and he said they're getting ready to calve out soon in february march as well
5: Yeah, out west, they, they have them in the spring because you know it's cold in the winter, but like in around here, we usually try and have them around January or February. And we put the cattle in the barn when they're ready to calve and we leave the calves inside so they don't get cold. And uh, the cows go in and out every day to feed the calf. And then we kick them back outside because you don't want to have to shovel shit all day.
4: No, fair enough. <laughs> I'd like to ask
0: about the, the the factory farming process sort of in comparison to what you do so let's say um Cargill down south of Calgary and High River is doing a big
4: factory farm feedlot or whatever what, what do you think the, the breed is going to be?
5: Yeah well, they have a lot of mains out in Alberta and uh, what they'll do is they'll cross the, the mains with a black Angus cow. Because traditionally, black Angus are little short, stumpy little things. But when they cross them with the mains, then they get bigger. So they, they actually cross-breed them quite a bit.
0: A lot of restaurants like to promote that they use black Angus beef. I know nothing about it.
4: What exactly makes it special or even marketable?
5: Nothing.
1: <laughs>
4: just know
5: sounds that, cool yeah the black egg is actually the breed it uh it'll grow a lot of fat on it so you get a nice marbling in your meat if they if they've been grain fed or corn fed
4: okay that makes sense then so uh, just going back to the factory farming what's What's the typical feed for that? Is it just straight up corn, or do they mix like some grain in there?
5: Yeah, I'm not too sure if they feed silage out west or not, but like around here, if they're if they're in a, a feed lot, yeah, they're feeding them corn. Yeah, yeah, it's cotton. usually
3: sweet grass here. If they're gonna have silage, it's usually sweet grass, and then they uh, have peas, uh, corn, and uh, shit something else that they plant and then they just leave it in the fields the peas they have to harvest but the corn they'll just leave in the fields and then they just let the cows cows go in there but uh, i was told by a a farmer here who said that the cows you see in the uh, corn fields are fairly new and that's just to get their size up and then they switch them to a different type of grain or the sweet grass and i wasn't sure why they would do that so maybe you could fill me in on that
5: that's so they get some some fat on them because like out out in the prairie what are they gonna eat you know there's there's just grass yeah them
3: yeah it's fuck all that's that's the only cows I actually see in the winter they're usually in the cornfields and they just fucking munch on the corn out there and it's it's odd to see them because they're very camouflaged in there. But if you fucking see them, it's like, oh, look at that. They're a fucking bunch of cows. But m- normally it's so fucking cold here. Like we're going to be hitting minus 50 here. So the cows, they, we usually lose more in the weather if they're not bundled closer. They start straying off and stuff. We tend to lose a cow or two. You lose lose a few every winter usually anyway, unless you are really decently set up, which... Most of uh, the farms around here that I know personally are 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 fairly small, so it sucks when they when they do lose one because they don't have the cattle yet to carry on. But we've got a really bad case of poachers as well right now. They're just they're killing the cattle and uh, taking cha- taking a chainsaw, cutting the back ass off, and then leaving.
5: That's crazy.
3: Yeah, we were told not to shoot warning shots. I don't know what the fuck they were meaning by that, but you're not allowed to give off warning shots. I say if they don't know the police don't know, then nobody needs to know that the police aren't coming, you know what I mean? Don't call the police. That's Ralph Klein's old uh, shoot, shovel, and shut up line. I believe so, yeah, I really do. I mean, these people have no, no regard for the farmers out here and it's it's so vast. I mean, it's really hard to keep an eye on them because it's flat and forever. So people can sneak down a back road anywhere they want. A lot of back roads.
0: I've never heard of that before. People are just straight up stealing cattle, eh?
3: Yeah, but only half of them, they're leaving the other half to rot. Um, actually, the the picture that I sent you where the kids are feeding those two calves one of the mothers was the one of the calves that got um, uh, one of the cows that got taken so they got a pretty cheap deal on these two calves and they're gonna get their hand at it they got they just got their farm up and going and it used to be a dairy farm and so there's a lot of places for them to roam and all the shit is still there so it's a fucking nightmare of a cleanup but when they're done i think that they actually might be able to start sustaining for themselves and it makes me like fucking overjoyed i get so happy to hear that somebody's doing so well that they might actually be able to come off the grid completely but who knows
0: so, so, so somebody just sawed off like the behind of, of a counter they at least shoot
4: it first
3: uh to be honest with you i have no idea how they're killing a cow but i do know that they're using a chainsaw there there's witness marks on the bone and stuff there's been an investigation and that that's what they led to believe was a fucking chainsaw like so,
0: yeah they're they're sawing the hind straight off the cow because they want
4: steaks yeah.
3: in my I mean, mind it it doesn't play out because i see all the meat and everything chewing up inside the chainsaw so i have a really hard suspicious about that i'm very suspicious about that but i mean desperate people do desperate things and when you're this far out it's not hard to hide like you can fucking park and walk fucking 10 minutes and you'll look like you're in the exact same spot you left like (laughs) hard to tell who's who when you're out there especially in the fog like if you're driving in the fog and you don't know where you are you could be gone for fucking hours and if you don't yeah Thank God for GPS sometimes, because it's fucking, it's nerve wracking. Can't see the fucking signs in front of you and shit.
0: Well, the hind is more. I just... The hind is more expensive, and there's much less processing involved. Like you're just doing steaks and roasts, versus the front where a lot of it's going to end up um, in a grinder. So maybe they just don't have a grinder or something, or they just want to avoid like throwing it to a butcher. No, they're no, avoiding the.
3: They're avoiding the gut. They don't want to. Um, they don't want to have okay, to do any of okay. the cleaning, so they're just uh, cutting the back ass off, and that's it. Some cases they were cutting the the front legs off, but I think that that was taking too much time, so they just uh, resort to the back end. So I hope but you, again, I
0: hope you guys are enjoying desperate. an extra dirty edition of Dirty Hands, Dirty Mouth. Uh, sometimes you don't know where it's going to go, but it's, that's why we do it. Yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> no, it's it's good, man. I I like the stories.
2: Not to be crass, but I would assume that uh, a person would have to kill a cow before they chainsaw it. I don't think cows are going to stand still if you try to chainsaw one in half.
3: No, but it's not hard to pick up the the bolt. It's like a fucking CO2 cartridge that you can... Yeah, if you know where to get one, you go buy one, you can just walk up to a cow and put it to its head and knock it out, done. Oh, and the they'll be sleeping. Guy. Yeah, I got you. Yeah, yeah and, but and how and if they're are you going
5: to walk up to a cow? You aren't going to just walk up to any random cow and bolt him in the head.
3: You're no, going no, to
5: uh... with a rifle. <laughs>
3: They, I think they use the same tactic cause it's at night. I think they use the same tactic as we do with cow tipping. They just fuck. And the other thing is, uh, the snow, like you, like you say that actually does wake them up. So when it's snowing on the ground, it seems that it's good when the snow disappears, that's when they come out. So you can't trace the who, where they come from. It's really kind of hard to fucking tell, but yeah, that's uh, my, my belief is that they're putting a bolt to its head when it's sleeping. But I mean, again, how how do you do something like that? Well,
5: I I don't know. I, you can walk around our cattle because they're pretty quiet. But any other, I've been in in other places where their cattle aren't quiet, and you would.
1: Oh, we lost you. Well, I say you he's wouldn't here. get
5: close to that cow. It'd be gone.
1: We we've
0: got a question from a chat for Nugs. What is your view on Speckled Park?
4: And that's from Glitcherful. There,
5: never heard of it. What is it? Well, I don't know what you mean. Says I think it's, a, t- it's a, breed. a
1: breed from Central Saskatchewan.
5: No, I've never heard of it. My dad probably has. He's the cow
1: guy. Black and white speckled breed. They say they're a legacy breed.
5: Hmm. News to me, but I'll believe you that it exists.
3: Oh, there's so many fucking cows. I, I, that's a rabbit hole, man. I didn't realize it. And the the only right way I figured out how many cows there was was the Corb Lund, Lund song. Corb Lund song. It was cows, and there's like. Yeah, he goes on a list and he sings the whole list. It's just like, oh well, I don't know a fucking thing. <laughs> I don't know a thing about cows. I, I've seen
0: some. Yeah. I, I've seen some. Uh, I've seen some speckled cattle on on my drives out to the farms north of the city. So they do exist for sure.
5: Oh yeah, like some of some of the heritage breeds. There's I don't know maybe twenty or so, but. They're just like dogs, man. There's all kinds of different cows.
1: I
3: guess that goes with anything, too. Like horses, cows, goats. Anything would have a different breed, even pigs, right?
2: Hey, okay, Chef, do we have pictures of uh, Nugs, Maine, and Jew cows?
1: Yeah, I can put those up right away.
5: Yeah, I sent some pictures there last week to you. Those calves now that I sent the pictures of don't look anything like that. Like they grow so fast, it's just incredible. so here's the here's the one
1: calf. Oh God, I'd have a hard time raising cattle They're delicious They really are, but they're <laughs> very cute. Well, then here we have a couple of cattle just outside.
3: I think that's why farmers do it young, right? They they start kids young and get doing all that stuff. Like I, I I don't know how old I was when I had to hold on to the legs when they were putting the band around the nuts. And I'm like I thought I totally thought we were cutting the nuts off and I thought, "Well, that's fucking savage." And then they bring it with tool put it in over the nuts and I was like, "Oh, fuck."
5: Yeah, we pinch our calves with uh, like a big pair of pinchers. We don't band them and we don't cut them because if you cut the calf, then he's susceptible to infection and it, it brings them like, it slows their growth down because they have to heal up. Right. Ah, ah. How do the the pinchers work? If they're if you're not they're they're like um they look like like a big pair of bolt cutters actually and they just they just pinch the cord between the nut and the body and they pinch they sever the cord but they don't break the skin
1: fuck that's cool i didn't
3: even know there was another way of doing it see i love this fucking shit like cuz yeah. i i don't i, I don't like uh injuring for non-purposes it just doesn't make any sense to me to fuck with your animals for no other reason besides keeping your population down um when i when i was a young kid growing up on a cattle farm we had 816 acres on a mountain range in falkland and that was probably the best time of my fucking life um the only real hazard and i hated it was getting up at four o'clock every morning every morning doesn't matter it's like the farm never stops so there you got to go do your chores before you even go fucking do schooling or anything else so it's i loved it though it was if it wasn't for that i don't think i would have gone to other places and done as much as i do because i I just kind of fell in love with that lifestyle but things don't always work out the way we want them to in life and we have to sacrifice certain things and we end up where we are yeah, no, well, I, it I,
5: left the, I left the farm when I was like in my early 20s and never came back until just last year. Circumstances brought me back here because now my folks are getting older and they're having troubles keeping up with the, the workload. So here
3: I am back farming. It, it might just be that everything going on might benefit like if if we win when we win this whole bullshit scenario there will be so many people that are learning this stuff because they're so fucking fearful of dying that it might just change the way people can think and i've been thinking a lot about that because it's growing everywhere i look people are asking me questions because i talk about this kind of stuff all the time and they're mostly city guys that just want to get the fuck out they just they're done they don't they don't care and then my my cousin she had a beautiful acreage it wasn't good for much livestock but it was her own piece of property and she had to, uh because of Jason Kenny she lost her job as a librarian and now she's an SFU in Vancouver she's got a beautiful view of the ocean but fuck me she's downtown Vancouver i'm like that is not where i'd want to be i I fought my entire life to get away from that shit. I lived in so many cities. I just I hate them. I fucking hate living in the city. I think they're they're a cancer to this fucking world. But well, it sounds like that's just my opinion. Here, yeah, I'm
0: counting the days so I can get out of here.
3: Not hey, you're coming out something. tomorrow, aren't you?
0: Well, uh, I can't so. confirm or deny that, but I I would like to get out of the city more, so I'll leave it at that. Um, Nugs, I don't know for sure if you actually raise them or not, but could you maybe explain the the process of raising veal?
5: Yeah, well, veal calves are, are mainly from dairy farms. So a veal calf, when you go by a dairy farm and you see all those little igloos with the little calves inside, those are veal calves.
3: I never knew that. That's what the, those are. Those are veal calves. Yep. Yeah,
5: they take they breed the cow the cow has a calf and then they take the calf away immediately so the cow produces milk and they milk the cow and the calf is a byproduct so they just keep the calf in a little
1: mike you're mike
5: yeah. the calf doesn't move he lives in that little dog house and they feed him milk uh, supplement like a replacer until he's oh, you know until he's awesome. just a little little bit bigger and then they sell him off for veal that's why your veal is so tender
3: now yeah, with it's with, 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 veal, definitely tender. with
5: veal does it have to be
0: just straight milk for for feed because i i know there are different types of veal like your rosé veal is your straight up milk fed veal versus probably like a, i don't know grain
5: fed veal or something Well, I don't think they even feed them grain. I think they just feed them either milk or milk replacer, which is like powdered milk. Because the the veal calves, they aren't very old. That's why, you know, you don't get a, you don't wait until they're a thousand pounds. You know, you're getting a veal calf, he might be 200 pounds.
4: the The difference between rose veal and just
0: like I I don't know like standard grain fed veal I don't even know what you would call it is mainly a color like a rose veal will be like a nice pale pink and I, I have worked a little bit with proper veal before and it is wonderful it's 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 a more tender more mild version of beef and because of that you can do a lot of fun stuff with it I mean it's it's a shame that it's so scarce even out here in Alberta.
5: We we tend to get our veal from Quebec, uh, and we being the restaurants. That's where all the dairy farms are.
3: Mm-hmm. That yeah, there's barely any dairy farms around here anymore. There's like the foothills Creamery and a couple others, but they're really scarce, and, and you quite you have to drive just to get the what you want.
0: I think that's a good opportunity we could start talking about the the dairy industry so Nugs what's, what's your knowledge of the dairy industry what's it like
5: over there in Ontario I have never really had too much to do with dairy farming like uh, there is a few dairy farms around but uh, that's not what we did so I don't know too much about it I know kind of how it works but
4: yeah maybe you could explain how
0: it works because I know the the milk, for example, is all pooled and it has to go through the dairy
5: board and the farmers, at least out here, aren't really allowed to sell it. Yeah, they're, you're not allowed to sell raw milk anywhere. It has to go to be pasteurized and all that kind of crap. Raw milk is apparently really good for you. Lots of people go to the dairy farm and quietly buy it for themselves.
0: It's a shame that raw milk is sort of banned here in Canada because the Europeans, of course, know much more about food than we do. And the French, for example, make a ton of cheese with raw milk because you need it for the proper bacterial cultures, to develop flavor. So pretty much all their high-end cheeses use raw milk, which is really how it should be. But, of course, we have a
4: terrible cheese industry here in Canada. Surprise, surprise, because we don't use raw milk.
1: Yeah, that I don't, can explain I don't some drink balance. milk at
5: all. Milk is bad. I don't drink that shit. That's for baby cows.
2: That's what I think too, that I feel the same way.
5: I'm just going to
0: take this opportunity to uh, say that the Canadian dairy industry is shit and produces shitty
4: products from a chef's perspective. I really hate it. And it's all because of the stupid dairy board.
5: Well, yeah, didn't uh, Shear and the Conservatives there give the dairy farmers a whole bunch of money or something? I don't know. I didn't really follow that, but didn't he bail a bunch of them out? Well, it's, it's, keep it's their far far shut. I know,
0: it's kind of like a glorified welfare program just to keep the the farmers going in case they have a shitty season or something. It's, yeah, I mean, it, it's it, it's a socialist system, right? Price controls and all that fun stuff that limits the supply and really tightly regulates the product. So butter, for example, in Canada is just hot garbage because it's regulated to have a lower fat percentage than a proper high-end European butter, which means it has more water. It's tougher to work with for pastry. It's got less flavor. It's got a paler color. Across
4: the board, Canadian butter sucks unless you're getting like a nice grass-fed butter. And even then, those are expensive.
3: It's all comes down to money and well, uh,
5: when I was a kid, well, before I was a teenager, my neighbors behind us had, uh, I think it was a Jersey cow that they milked. It was, they had one cow and they milked this cow every day. It would give you like, you know, almost five gallon bucket full of milk every day. And uh, when they went away on vacation, somebody had to go milk this fucking cow. Well, guess who that was? So they gave us the milk. They said you can have the milk 'cause we you gotta use it. You can't you can't really store it. And there was so much of it. Shit, I'd bring this bucket of milk home every day. And my mom would use it. She would make uh, make butter out of it, like spoon the cream off and make butter, and then make buttermilk biscuits and all that use the buttermilk for all the shit that use buttermilk for.
4: Oh, man, that's heaven. I'm drooling already.
5: It was not heaven. I had to milk this fucking cow every day. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, I was just going to say, fucking, that's what a part of my fucking shit was, 4 o'clock in the morning. Get fucking the chicken eggs, feed the fucking pigs, feed the fucking horses, and feed the cows, and then milk that fucking sow of a fucking bitch, and I, I fucking hate it. I don't like it. I don't like doing it. I will do it if I had one, but you get an ordinary or an ornery how do you say that word? fucking angry cow. Ornery. Anyway, he uh yeah, she's just a fucking sow. She never wanted to sit still. Think
5: but. of the butter, guys. Maybe, Think I'm of the eating. butter. Yeah, well this this was a nice quiet cow. You just go there every day, and milk the cow, feed it and then go home and yeah i I can remember making my mom making butter and we always had this weird round balls of butter in the fridge
1: how do you make butter how do you make butter yeah
5: with the cream like the cream will rise to the top of the milk once it's in a pail and then you spoon the cream off the top and then I forget she would put it in a blender or something and then put ice with it and then they would squeeze all the milk out of it and in like a cheesecloth and then you'd get butter
1: what I remember
3: is the color the color was so clear compared to what you buy in the store like the butter you buy at the store is like more of a yellow and I always called it a smoke stained yellow but yeah, I remember getting getting the creamery butter. It was like a, a white fluffy, butter. it was it's amazing. It's fucking the best thing you could ever have. And when you're making your own pancakes and shit, it, there's nothing else that does compare to it.
5: So, the, the, yeah, the, it, is, it is almost white. It's like a like an off white color. It doesn't look like normal butter you see in the store.
4: So the, the color, no, the all. color
0: of butter, is an interesting topic. So, like your your high end European butters will actually have more of a fluorescent yellow color. so that it, it has, to I believe, it has to do more with the feed. Like if it's straight up grass fed, of course the fat's going to be more yellow. But yeah, basically, like the the less water that's in the butter, the the more intense the color is going to be, right? Because it's straight up fat. And as far as I know, with with beef in particular. With the feed, if it's pretty much straight up grass-fed, the, the fat's going to be more of a yellow color
4: versus if it's more grain-fed, the, the fat's going to be, like, a white color.
3: It makes sense, because everything you feed your cow fucking can change the way it tastes.
0: I, I actually got to play around with a little bit of uh, New Zealand grass-fed butter. There's a, a bakery here in town that imports their butter from New Zealand there's a special program through the Canadian dairy board that allows bakeries and uh, wholesale food processors to actually import their butter because again Canadian butter sucks so they get I think they go through something like 75 kilos a day of of butter and then yeah they get a weekly shipment from New Zealand and they get this beautiful grass-fed butter it's like putty and it's a fluorescent yellow just a wonderful
4: flavor And of course, compare that to our pale butter, which just sort of cracks when you handle it. And it's just, it's way different.
5: Well, we have uh, a dairy here that does all the local, local dairy farmers send their milk to the dairy and and they make butter and ice cream and milk and everything right here. It's it's pretty well known in in Ontario, Kawartha Dairy. So how come we don't see more of that across Canada where you have sort of
0: smaller operations just doing things versus, you know, just this homogenous and pun unintended here product that you see in the, the supermarkets where it's pretty much every brand is the same. Like you don't see like these small little operate. Foothill, you do have Foothills Creamery down in, I think it's Calgary, popping out like butter, but you don't see see enough of those operations across Canada, I would say.
3: Like, why do you think
4: that is?
5: Thank you, thank your government.
3: Well. Yeah, it, uh, government. it's all the government. Absolutely. Okay. Just the like government the sur-
5: doesn't, doesn't want you to be successful. That's why they, they're starving out all the small farms. They don't want you growing your own food. They don't want you raising your own cattle and making your own butter. They don't want you doing that.
0: Well, it's why the no, money it's, out of their pocket. It's why the government was putting farmers in jail for going down to the states and selling grain.
1: Yep. They want you
2: and your mouth suckling at the tit of the government. Exactly.
5: Yes. Exactly. Exactly. And then they can regulate what you're eating and, and how much you suckle.
4: Going back to dairy a little bit, I know we talked about Jersey Jersey cattle.
0: I, I, I happen to know a few people around who, who do raise Jersey cattle, and I, I don't know what it is, but wh- why do you think it makes the best dairy? Like, is it genetic? Is, is there something going on there? Because I, I I know people who are
1: lactose intolerant who can drink Jersey milk.
5: Yeah, they are different. Uh and- I don't know if the cow that the neighbor had, because it was, you know, we're talking forty years ago, if it was a Guernsey or a Jersey. They're both the same kind of color. They're like a tan color. I can't remember which one is which. One it was.
0: Well, Guernsey and Jersey are both little islands in the English Channel between uh, between the UK and France. Like they're right beside each other. Uh, I, I don't know if that helps
5: at all, but <laughs> figured I'd mention that. Yeah, because they're two di- two different breeds of...
4: There, there's an operation down in, in central Alberta that does organic Jersey milk.
0: They're actually a goat farm. They sell goat's milk as well, but they have so who raised Jersey cattle for them. And their products are carried by some of the higher-end stores here in town. And I, I've had their Jersey milk. It's about 7 seven fifty for about two liters of like proper proper whole non-homogenized jersey milk but it is heaven it tastes so clean it tastes so clear i've never had anything like it and it brings me to a rage sometimes to think about how it's not even available in most stores and how expensive it is compared to the shit that we
4: get to we get to buy oh yeah
5: i, well, I this don't way drink milk. like drinking out like Uh, out of a carton or out of a bag. We have bags of milk here in in Ontario, and I I can't drink that shit.
3: No, no. And when you do it, all it does is fuck you up. And that's what they want. They don't, because they don't want you living too long. I mean, that's off the topic a little bit, but not really. If you were to get your own and do your own, you'd see a dramatic uh, difference in your health. Because I think we were talking with with it before and Juicy mentioned that she could drink goat's milk because she can't drink cow's milk. And yeah, that's pretty much why a lot of these people around here have goats because they cannot drink the milk you buy in the store anymore. And that's obvious for an obvious reason. Again, cow's milk is made for the fucking baby of the cow and even cats are supposed to not drink milk after a while. So it it only goes to show that we should be getting off the certain types of dairy anyway. <laughs> well, there's Especially there's a massive, in
5: massive goat milk and operation right here in this area. And they have a, a goat cheese factory in town that where a lot of it goes. And I forget how many goats they got over there. Like, like thousands of them. It's huge. It's like probably the biggest goat operation in Ontario. That's a lot of fucking goats yeah it's massive and when they first built the facility uh they did a tour i never went on it i was busy working but uh i guess it's pretty impressive this goat milking operation and then as soon as they were done with the public tour you're not allowed even on the property not anywhere near the place
3: what that's crazy
5: yep you cannot get anywhere near the place because it's uh, really
3: wonk a really dairy factory. Yeah,
5: it's because of the health issues, right? Or the health department, they said, "Nope, you've already seen what goes on in here, so now you're not welcome." In.
3: That's fucking pretty insane. It should be mentioned as well that um,
0: goats and sheep produce better milk for cheeses. The the better cheeses like a like a Roquefort or something come from from goats and from sheep because they have more of a tang to them versus like the more neutral flavor of cow's milk.
5: Yeah, I'm not a fan. I don't much care for goat's milk or goat's cheese. It's, it's got a pong to it and I don't like it. Goat cheese
0: cheese is nice. You see it in a lot of restaurants. Um,
5: yeah, goat's
0: milk. However, it tastes like goat meat and yeah, it's got a serious tang to it. But as far as I know, yeah, like it's, There's something about the the enzymes in there or
5: something, but people who are lactose intolerant can 100% have goats milk. Well, I know the goat cheese that come from the factory, it's expensive as shit. And they sell it in stores around here as like a a gourmet goat cheese. And I had friends that that worked at the factory, so they would get as much goat cheese as you could stuff into yourself. And so I'd get the shit all the time. I used to give it to my dog because I don't like it. (laughs)
3: Did <laughs> I just see the dog going no no and just walking away? <laughs> I wouldn't give her yeah.
5: very much, but she liked it. I don't I don't have a taste for it at all. Yuck!
1: I eat a lot of goat's cheese because it's the the only cheese I can have.
5: Yeah, I, I don't eat much dairy at all because it, it doesn't agree with me. I uh, used to when I was younger. I could eat all that stuff. But now it may be a little bit of cheese or butter and that's it. You know, I don't drink milk yeah. or none of that shit. Don't even take cream in my coffee. We, we've
0: had this discussion before, um, either offline or on the show. I can't remember. But the commercial bread industry pumps the... The dough full of chemicals and leads to a kind of bread that doesn't really uh, break down the gluten, leading to to gluten intolerance and celiac disease. Do you think there's something
5: similar going on with the dairy industry here? Oh, I wouldn't doubt it. I would not doubt it a bit. Well, and like the poultry industry, I believe that for a
3: very long time. I believe that they've been putting certain things into food for a very long time.
5: Oh, absolutely. Chicken's full of soy. Like, they feed, in chicken feed, it's jammed full of soy. That's what they feed them. And then, so, of course, that goes into the meat, and that goes into every egg that you eat.
0: Well, as far as I know, the
4: soy will help with the colour. It the color will turn the skin yellow, which a lot of people want.
5: Yeah, but it's soy's not good for you.
1: It's like the
3: bean itself is fucking it's like the worst fucking bean you can eat. There's so many different pods and stuff that you can eat, but when it comes to soybeans, I just don't, it's again, it's a something about it I don't like. I've tried it numerous times in different ways. I'll eat it, but it's not my favorite pod. I like peas or beans or string beans way way more than fucking soybeans.
5: Let's see, over the years on this farm and in my experience of farming growing up, we've had every animal you can think of. We had rabbits and pigs and goats and, you know, ducks and chickens and geese and cows and horses. We've had them all.
1: So you've just downsized as your family's gotten older?
5: Yeah, it's it's a lot of work, right, to look after all that livestock. So now they just have, I think, well, at one point they had 26 horses. Now they got four. And like we used to have, you know, thirty, forty cows, and now we got ten.
0: I don't know if you listened to the episode with our, our previous guest, Casper the Medic, but he's he's over in the Ottawa Valley and he um he raises goats, he raises chickens, turkeys, guinea fowl, um he also grows a bunch of vegetables, he harvests honey. <laughs> I'm sure you're looking at it like, how the hell is this guy pulling this off?
5: Oh, I know how he's pulling it off. Yeah, they do that around here, like small farms. The Amish people, there's quite a a big Amish community not far from here, and, and they have all kinds of stuff like that. They got bees and goats, and that guy over there has got cows and pigs, and they have it all
3: yeah but having it all and getting up to that standard is expensive and while you're trying to do all of that work because let's face it all of it is work and if you don't want to put the work into it don't start because you're gonna if you're if you're not a worker farming is not for you um whether or not you're just going around collecting fucking shit or something is going wrong work is always involved you got to mend fences you got to make sure that the gophers are done you've got to make sure that they get their shots and their and their medication if they do get sick uh calving can be a complete nightmare you can be there for hours and hours trying to calve it and then lose the cab that you've been hoping for so long and it's devastating like it's a heartbreaking uh hard job and i hate anybody who does even the smallest amount of it i have extreme respect for because it's not easy and they're not making it any easier with the expenses that we have today it's like you can't just do that you almost have to go to work too oh absolutely
5: yeah there's no money in farming like like my my parents both of them both of them had to hold a job in order to make the farm float over the course of the the years, now that they're retired, they don't make any money farming. They, you gotta love doing it to do it.
0: it sounds a lot like yeah. my career then. It's it, it's quite similar, and it, it it sounds like some of those farms are like the farmer's version of the feminist slogan of having it all. You know, you could have the the great job, the marriage, the kids. With the farmer, oh, you know, you could have the honey, you could have the beef, you could have the pork, you could have the poultry,
1: and you could have the vegetables. Hey, you could have it all.
5: Yeah, but your wallet is empty.
1: Yeah. Well,
5: it's it's
0: like yeah, that with the feminists, right? Your soul is empty.
5: Oh. Like yeah, like like most <laughs> most of the farmers, you know, your freezer is full, but your your pockets are empty.
3: And if you, if you're lucky enough to ha- be able to have a good community to to provide to other people, you can uh, make a little bit of money on this side but we do yeah, have a the amount
5: of work that you have to put in to make that five dollars yep. by selling that cabbage it isn't worth
3: it, it it's just not we've got it's a, like we, running an engine with no compression guys we,
0: we've got a question from the chat here so trent Gurling wants to know have you ever noticed a cow milk
1: lasts longer in plastic jugs and cartons uh, i don't know
5: I never really paid much attention to that. I've
1: noticed that just
2: because I, I, with the kids, it will usually typically go through a four-liter jug of milk because they all drink milk and eat cereal. And that four-liter jug will last longer than I would think the two-liter cartons do. I, I think he's got a point now that I actually think about it.
0: So my, my opinion on this one is you're going to have more air exposure coming from the carton. Uh, first, because you kind of got that like that little crack, even when you, you, you close the carton, that's going to be um, seeping air out and allowing air in. And also the paper product is going to be more porous than a plastic. So that's that's probably what's happening because air air exposure is what causes spoilage in dairy and m- many other things.
4: And that's that's probably what's doing it.
3: Yep. Makes sense. That's why they don't want you having real cream and real milk and stuff because it it, it goes bad. Everything that's been around it gets like infected. If you have spoiled milk next to uh, vegetables, it will rot the vegetables because it grows. It's a fucking organism. It's amazing what spoiled spoiled food can do to other spoiled food.
0: Okay, so on, on that topic, Boomer, if if you were to get like a proper proper local small farm supply of milk what would you store it in like those old school metal milk jugs glass glass
1: Glass jars
4: jars.
3: yeah glass jars
4: okay so you've got the glass
0: jar of milk how long is that going to last what's the shelf life in the refrigerator
5: maybe a week
3: yeah yeah usually doesn't last you long enough to worry about it when i was because we only had the one cow for milking and that did the whole farm and then some because we always ended up throwing some of the milk out but weren't weren't big on dairy on the farm it wasn't a thing like if you bought cheese it was kind of like ooh, we're going to buy cheese and nowadays when you go buy cheese it comes in a plastic wrapper you and like undo the plastic wrapper that fucking cheese turns into plastic so i mean
5: so just like yeah, I would usually, was usually extra extra, any extra milk or like extra cream or like that, they'd feed it to pigs. So yeah, just, yeah, that's right.
0: just like every other aspect of the food industry, it's been modified to extend its shelf life, which in retrospect seems to
5: have, you know, um, harmful effects to our health. Absolutely. It's jammed full of preservatives. So now uh, you are what you eat. So you're jammed full of preservatives.
3: I don't know if they were doing it for money or for sustainability or maybe both. Both. Both, yeah. That's the the more deadly of the choices either way.
0: It's just a natural instinct, right? You're going to want to keep that shelf life up. Even like in a, in a restaurant kitchen, if you've got something with a longer shelf life, that's going to be better
3: because spoilage, of course, is going to cost you a lot of money. We have good technology in our day and age that helps with spoilage and stuff like that. We have um, like your your accessory on your food saver can attach to certain lids and suck the pressure out that way. Um, my cousin wanted to do an experiment with a piece of cake because uh, it was a, a, a real cake made with real ingredients and he put it in a food saver and he's had it in his uh, freezer for years. He's not going to eat it, but it's been sitting in his freezer for years and every time you ta- he take he it out, and look at it, it's fine. And then the other one was in his fridge, but his wife made him throw it out and uh, so he left it out on the counter. And it just sat there for fucking ever, and it never got moldy, and never got nothing. I was like, that's, that's all right. And then he decided to throw it out because his wife was starting to get annoyed.
5: (laughs) Have you guys ever, ever heard of uh, Smart Bread? Like from Wonder Bread or whatever it is, it's called Smart Bread.
3: I heard something in the news like a while ago, there was some going on with that. What the hell is that shit?
5: Isn't that Uh, the stuff that's pumped full of vitamins and shit? it's pumped full of something it's pretty big around here i'm not so much anymore but a few years ago you used to see it all
1: oh lost your mic
5: it had a little superhero bread slice guy with a cape on him he was like the mascot smart bread guy so it was yeah commercials yeah and it was all uh, like it was the big thing everybody had to have this fucking smart bread so my girlfriend at the time was buying this stuff and she left a loaf, about half a loaf of this bread on the counter and then it got pushed aside and we started new bread. And so this bread was sitting there for like a week or two. And I said, holy fuck, look at that bread. It looks as fresh as the day that you opened the bag. So I did a little experiment with it, set it up on top of the fridge. Six months later, that bread had no mold on it. It looked like it was the day that you opened it.
4: I've got some that's friends who are bakers, nuts. and they tell me yeah, a lot
0: of the commercial bread is pumped full of mold inhibitors, so that makes a lot of sense. Yeah,
5: because I was getting bakery bread from a local bakery here that's, you know, a handmade, normal bakery bread, and it wouldn't last four or five days before it would get moldy, and that's fucking smart bread was still up there, and it looked brand new. You would eat it. It was that fresh. Yeah,
4: that's and the, the, the bread nuts. I bake is Whoa.
0: is... Probably similar to the stuff you're getting from the bakery, and it it dries out over time. It's the, the first day or two, it's really nice, but a couple days later, it's, it's it's drying out exactly. It shouldn't last a week because it doesn't. It goes stale and then it it grows moldy.
5: Yeah, like within a four or five days, it's got mold on it.
4: Mold feeds on moisture. It's looking
0: for moisture, and it's looking for for warmth, not heat but warmth.
4: So bread's got moisture in it and that's that's what it feeds on, right?
5: Not smart bread. No self respecting mold to grow on
1: that shit.
4: I I wanted to go back to, to, to beef to ask questions more on the, the, the
0: butchering side of things. So I I recall something I, I read back in culinary school. I think that it was either beef or
4: pork that's bred genetically bred to have an extra rib. Is it beef
5: Well, I don't know about that. Maybe pork. I don't know too much about raising pigs, but yeah, I don't know, I don't know about that.
0: Do you, do you know of some of the genetic modifications that have been made
4: to uh, to, to cattle to maybe up their their meat yield?
5: Nah, just through breeding, like, and crossbreeding. That's the only thing I know, like, genetically modified meat can't be good for you.
0: So the, the analog here is the, it's it's a species of chicken, or a breed of chicken, excuse me, called the the Cornish cross, and it's basically, like, one of your, your Instagram models, like, it's got gigantic breasts, but they're almost fake breasts, and then, the poor chicken just collapses
5: under its own weight and breaks its feet if it's older than, I think, 12 weeks. Yeah, I know chickens they do that kind of shit with, and they just, they, they like a caged bird, they just live in a little box, and they just force-feed them food, and they don't ever walk. That's why you're, when you get chicken at the grocery store and you look at their legs, that little tendon thing that's in a drumstick is all usually all kind of fucked up deformed looking
4: That's an interesting point. I'll have to look at that next time I, I butcher poultry. Um,
0: just again go, going back to, to the butchery stuff. So do, do you guys do you slaughter yourself or do you take it to a like a full service butcher shop or like a slaughter
4: house or an abattoir?
5: Yeah, well, there's there's a few guys around here like local abattoirs, like they're 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 butchers, and so you just take the the animal to them and say, "Here's my cutting instructions," and and they do up the animal and then they cut and wrap and freeze it and call you when it's done.
0: So it's like a full service butcher shop. Then I, I know of a couple in not not the immediate area around Edmonton, but you know, like
5: an hour
4: away. I know of a couple.
5: Yeah, I think it's a dying art. You know, I don't know. There's, I know there's a few people, the old school guys that were, have been doing it for years. But like, as for like new up and coming abattoirs, I've not seen too much of that. What I'm told is the slaughter, uh, the, the the slaughter part of the the butchering
0: operation, the butcher shop, is actually what makes the most money because the the actual meat cutting and then the processing and the selling is really really thin margins you have to be razor tight on your trim and you're turning your trim into value added products right like sausage and ground meat and meat pies and all that fun stuff so it makes a lot of sense that most of these places are out in in the small towns or rural areas right that they would be full service so that the farmers would just kind of drive the, the cattle over have them slaughtered and then they're cut and wrapped you come back in, in a couple weeks right and you come pick up your meat
5: yep yep there's a few around in the area they're, they're not very popular like there's not a lot of them but there's one or two old school guys still doing it
4: we we do have a question from the chat here tracy wants to know how much does it cost to have a, a whole cow butchered.
5: I'm not too sure. I, I could find out and get back to you on it. I know it isn't cheap. I think the last half that we got done cut and wrapped was like, cause they do it by do it by the pound, right? And it it was almost 500 bucks for half a beef. And he wasn't very big. He might've been a thousand pounds.
4: I,
2: I, I, yeah, I paid I, uh, 85 cents a pound to have it cut and wrapped. Um, the, when we take the meat into the butcher, and, the farmer that I get them from, I believe, slaughters them and, and guts them himself, and then they just take the, the carcass in for butchering.
0: See, I don't know if Juicy gives out some special meat hugs or mouth hugs, meat hugs to, to these people, because the last time you know, I what? did a quarter of, of beef I butchered myself, it cost me
4: four bucks a pound, and that was a front quarter, not a hind quarter. Isn't it Is
5: children? that buying the beef, too? Yeah, yeah, I'll put up a picture.
2: A... Oh, for you, chef. Yeah, see, I paid I paid the farmer a dollar a pound for the side, and then I paid 85 cents to cut and wrap. But then cutting and wrapping, I lost about, so it went in at 770 pounds, and I got about five, five 500, 550.
0: So here, here's a little view into the insanity that is my life. This is a previous apartment I had. I actually butchered an entire front quarter beef in my apartment and i got no complaints i don't know how the hell it happened but it ended up being a two-day nightmare so you can see i've got some tools hung up up there on the wall i've got like a little cut guide i thought i was all organized but it was still a fucking disaster What you see there is the the rib so that that's kind of like a bone-in prime rib i ended up turning it into uh into
1: bone-in ribeye steaks i'll give you a better view And we got Boomer in the chill room waiting to come back. You can see a better view there. I was fortunate enough; I had my my meat
0: freezer set up right next to me, so I was popping stuff in and out of there. But yeah, guys, don't don't try to do large butchery projects in your apartment. It's a very stupid idea.
3: Fuck no. Wow, that's a way to come back into <laughs> it.
5: I remember when when I was a kid, once they butchered a cow here in the yard, and uh, it, it was a fucking mess.
0: So I, I had the butcher shop actually cut the quarter up into a bunch of pieces so I could fit it in my car and then break it down. And
1: you can see my, my crude little setup here. Yeah, feel free to to, to laugh at me because it was a really stupid idea. I ended
0: up sending a bunch of pictures to some friends and some chef friends, and they all said, "Man you look you, you look like a serial killer.":
2: Your neighbors must have been wondering, what in the fuck is this guy doing with all those bags?" Of- well,
0: see, so, some of those nights, I was up till two in the morning just wrapping meat, and not a single soul complained. There, there must not have been anybody
5: nearby. Fucking blood oozing out behind the door and out the windowsill.
1: Nobody dare complain, Jeff.
4: Nobody <laughs> dare complain.
3: No one would want to complain at that point.
5: Yeah, I've I've seen a few cows butchered in the yard, and you know, hung up in the driving shed, and it it that's it's a fucking mess.
0: Well, let, let's let's differentiate here. I didn't slaughter the poor thing. Somebody else slaughtered the cow, the butcher shop took it in, and I bought a front quarter. And the butcher shop cut up the front quarter into four pieces or so. I bought those pieces, took them home, and then I broke those down, cut and wrapped. I didn't kill anything.
3: To be fair, I just came back in when you said you were butchering a small device inside your apartment. And to me, that means you're doing the whole roundup inside your apartment. So the imagery, I got of you, this, this really tall guy fucking with this animal inside of his little apartment. like <laughs> Yeah, he's got
5: fucking five stomachs laying out on the floor. It's fucking intestines everywhere.
3: <laughs> right? <laughs> he's just fucking, po- everything's polyed everywhere.
0: I have my own. I have my own little shit test. When I talk to girls, I say, "Yeah, I, I butcher my own meat. I have a meat cleaver and two bone saws, and it scares
5: off the vegans, so it works pretty well." Yeah, great big grinder tied on the end of the counter.
1: I, ha- That's a I have a good way.
5: I have an up. old
0: meat grinder from Czechoslovakia, it, with the with the C clamp on it. But the problem is, like these countertops in these apartments are so shitty that. Like, it just doesn't work. So I have to either take one of my tables and screw it on there or better
4: yet, I just get a butcher to do it for me.
5: Yeah, my granny used to have one of those crank and meat grinder things.
0: They're a lot of fun, but you really have to know what you're doing and sanitation is a serious issue. You have to put everything on ice. Your, your grinder parts have to come from the freezer. Your meat has to be half frozen when you put it in. And then you get your ratios right with the meat
5: and the fat. See, that's the thing with these cattle that we raise. There's there's not a lot of fat on them, like the meat is lean as you can get. There is zero fat on that meat unless you put them in a pen and stuff them full of grain. If they're just so fresh uh, off the field, man, that meat is the leanest meat you've ever seen.
3: So anything that you do get for fat, you'd want anyway.
5: Oh, absolutely. You covet that fat, man. If there's, you got a little bit of fat on your steak, that's like candy.
3: Yeah, yeah.
5: Like there's not, there isn't any marbling in that meat at all. There's no white, it's just red.
4: And that's why your standard
0: butcher shop beef will be like grass-fed grain finished, because the grain will give it that fat that, that you covet. And that's what the restaurants want. I mean, I, I've never had like a hundred percent grass-fed beef before. It's as lean as you say it is. It'd probably be pretty interesting.
5: Yeah, well, it it has flavor, but the the fat gives it the flavor. So, like, if and it's it's lean, man. Like, you got to put seasoning on it, or it's kind of bland. So, is it is it gamey like venison then? Nope. No, it just has that grass-fed beef flavor in it. Yep. But it doesn't... You know how you get that nice uh, thing of fat on your T-bone when you grill that. and it, yeah. it's, it's like fat. Well, it, with a lot of flavor in it. Well, that doesn't exist on this beef unless you put the bastard in a pen and, and stuff him full of corn for six months. Yeah, it's it's the fat cab
0: that's,
4: that's
5: on the ribeye or the prime rib or a uh, pork
4: chop or a pork loin.
5: Yeah. Well, that just, it just doesn't exist. Which is good because they say that the fat, that much fat isn't good for you. So they say, and I don't know, I've been eating this beef my whole life and you know, I haven't died yet.
0: Well, the thing is you can always trim the fat off and cook with it, right? And animal fats are actually pretty healthy compared to the, the
5: processed garbage that we deal with these days, the canola oil. Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying, like, there is no fat to trim, like, so you, you there is, it isn't there to work with. So
1: with that said, Nubbs, what's your favorite kind of beef?
5: Oh, I don't know. I, I like a nice, nice thick T-bone steak on the barbecue. Blood rare. Boomer, how about you, bud?
3: Uh, you take a prime rib roast uh, with the bone in it, and cut it into four individual tomahawk steaks about mm, close to two inches thick. So and then just salt and pepper, and on a charcoal grill. You like the bone-in ribeye, then, eh? Uh, yeah, but t- turning them into steaks.
0: Well, yeah, but that, that's that's exactly what that's you're it. describing. It's a bone yeah. ribeye steak. Yes. Tomahawk meaning it's got the the, the rib bone in it.
3: Again, I, that's all I know. By is tomahawk because you want, yeah you want the handle you want the whole fucking
5: yeah uh, and the uh, like, closer a nice, to the a bone nice is rib oh, God, so good. Good. A cross rib roast is good too. Cross rib roast is nice too, because they usually have a lot of fat on them, which gives it flavor.
4: Yeah, I turned
5: the the side of pork I bought. I actually
0: turned that into tomahawk steaks, and they're just they're they're beautiful. They're a work of art. They're really hard to do because you have to deal with the rib bones. But if you can pull them off, I mean, it looks like a Fred Flintstone steak. It's just gorgeous. Uh, I, I'm, yeah, I'm,
3: that's that's exactly it. Yeah, I,
0: I'm partial to the bone-in ribeye myself. I think that's the best cut on there. But I've heard good things about the flat iron steak as well. Like the flat iron steak will come from the armpit, and if it's trimmed really well then I guess you get a nice tender cut kind of meat. Juicy, how about yourself? What's your favorite cut?
2: T-bone, hands down. I like the T-bone, both sides of the T-bone are a little different in texture, like uh, tenderness. I like them both, both sides of the T-bone.
0: You want to talk yeah. about this picture of
4: the steak you sent me? You called it breakfast. I call that about two or three meals.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's breakfast
4: now that's that's you and your flock right it's not just you
2: um i kind of yeah it's not just one meal i made that and then i would have had like a quarter of that with eggs and potatoes for breakfast and then i would have eaten the rest at dinner and my youngest will not eat meat i can't get him to eat meat unless i make him a burger like he'll eat burgers he's got no problem with that but he will not eat steak he won't eat chicken So ask him
3: what he's craving for.
2: Yeah, he's he's actually really good. He's learning to cook. So he does like he does eat a lot of protein and he'll eat things like um, he eats a lot of beans. He really likes beans, but he will not eat steak. So that particular T-bone I probably ate over the course of two meals.
0: Yeah, I was going to say when I first got that message, well, you're kind of living up to your avatar. Like you must be built like a lunch lady or something.
2: I'm honestly not as juicy as my avatar
4: suggests.
0: (laughs) Well, we'll we'll leave that one up to the imagination. So um, there's another question from the chat here. Nugs, do you do any preserves
4: at all?
5: My mom does. I I don't, you know, but yeah, we, we put up preserves, you know, peaches and pears and, you know, yeah, they do pickles. And yeah, for sure. Tomatoes, chili sauce.
1: Could you do something like uh like jerky with your beef?
5: Sure. I Can't see why not. Well, what would the process be for that? Is it just kind of like air dried or dehydrated? I think they salt it and then dehydrate it. I'm not too sure how it's made. Salt dried. It smoked. It's smoked yeah. or something. Yeah.
3: I don't and know. And then that's uh, cooled over. Made it. Uh, much like sausage um it's I, th- I believe it's cooled over so that it gets a toughness to it but yeah the salt brine will shrink it down and then it's dried
0: so I, i've seen a couple we're, different we're ways are you talking like a proper wet brine or just a dry cure like for bacon?
3: okay so the stuff you buy in the store is i don't really go by that um if you look up uh like a speck it's like a, a salt water that they just saturate it with and then the old timers that do it here they i asked and they said they'll teach me but they do an under the ground fire pit and i I can't even remember it's like three days they smoke it for and when they bring come to the christmas all the kids flock to these old guys and they just cut off tiny little slices of this really tender looking piece of beef and then they feed it to the kids and the kids run off so happy because they got they got a piece of this thing and only the adults really get to have some and even then those old guys are fucking stingy they're like if you want it you have to do it yourself i'm like will you teach me and they're like yeah you will teach you how to do it so it's like on the bucket list right now
5: and mouth hugs yeah, that, that story there sounds <laughs> a little weird. He may no. have to
4: call the cops on.
1: <laughs>
3: yeah. Definitely.
5: I'll trade your mouth hugs for some of that meat.
3: Yeah. Meat hugs. Mouth hugs. Is that uh, uh, Norwegian for uh, mouth hugs? Uh, yeah, Norwegian for mouth that's, hugs? That's, that's juicy.
2: This is my term, and everybody has
5: embraced it, and I'm honored. That's cultural appropriation we have taken it yeah, and you're well, never getting well, it back. Who, who wouldn't... who wouldn't want to embrace something like that? Like, Jesus.
3: Yet, I, I, I've been Boomer longer than it was ever a fucking meme, so... Fuck, fuck Boomer memes.
0: <laughs> he's not joking, he's full on Boomer tech. He'll just come and go as he pleases uh, in this... in this dream.
3: Oh, fuck. Yeah i've got like freezing cold temperatures we got a warning saying that uh we're gonna hit another 44 to minus 50 and whenever that happens our internet starts fucking fluctuating in and out i don't expect anything different they want me to switch to fiber optics but i'm a cheap cunt
5: <laughs> yeah wasn't it like minus 48 or something retarded out there
3: uh We hit minus thirty-eight where I'm at, but I heard it's like it's well colder other places. Juicy, what did you say? Gooch is that?
2: Gooch texted me today and said it is minus sixty-one with the wind chill, and it is literally the coldest temperatures he's ever worked in.
5: Yeah, yeah. I worked in I worked in northern Alberta one winter, uh, like twenty ten oh nine or ten. And it was minus fifty-six up north, up by up by the Yukon. And I, I thought, fuck this. I'll never come back <laughs> to this place in my life.
3: Yet yeah, I can deal with minus fifty if I've got the right clothing. Like it's nothing. But you get me in like plus forty and I turn into a pile of shit. I'm like, I I can't oh, yeah, handle I the heat any anymore.
5: No, anything over like forty-four degrees, I'm done. I'm high. Oh. Heat.
3: Yeah, yeah, I'm like, I got a nice beautiful basement that stays cold and that's just where I'm going to be because, yeah.
0: Well, Taz was, on, Taz was on Dubs' stream last night, Taz being to Sanico, and he's, he's one of the oil patch guys, and he said he would, he got called up to Dawson Creek and they had to cancel the job because it was too cold.
5: Yeah. Yeah, versus... I, you, you, it's pretty dangerous when you're in that temperature. You. <laughs> no
3: way you can really fuck
5: yourself Uh, up
3: yeah but you know what else you can look really strong because at that temperature everything fucking breaks you you hit anything with a fucking hammer it's gonna break (laughs) like i've fucking everything that can go wrong goes wrong in the fucking those kind of temperatures and that's when you find out your true grit it's a you don't know what the fuck it's like to move a fucking derrick in a whiteout where you can't see your fucking arm in front of you and now we got to go fucking move this entire unit down the road I'm like hey, oh yeah yeah Been there, I, done that i think i think a lot of reason why i got like sick was because of the stress and the, the the lack of food and when i i got sick i had to reevaluate it and that's what made me want to go back into this roots of what we're doing now and it's like hmm yeah no, I can understand why they're telling people to do that now. It's like, I, I call them pussies because they don't want to do it, but really the companies don't want to pay for any more people getting sick.
1: But we'll we'll, uh, we'll hop into overtime a little bit here. So, now, do you also raise chickens, correct?
5: Yeah, well, when I was a, a young lad, I had, uh, I think I had 35 or 40 hens. It was part of my 4-H project. I used to be in the 4-H when I was a kid. I don't even know if that's still
3: it. Don't even know if it's still. Yes. Yes, it does.
5: Does it? Does it? Yeah. Well, get your kids in 4-H because that'll. You want to do homesteading shit and learn how to plant a garden Mm -hmm. and raise a chicken? That's the place to learn it.
3: So these. The shit my buddy did from that. Fuck. Sorry. Go on.
0: These birds here are they just like standard white and brown laying hens?
5: Yeah. Well, they got they, my dad built that little hen house thing. He built a bigger one first. That's probably, oh, I don't know. It's gotta be three times the size of that. It's, it's a goddamn shed. And it was too nice to put chickens in. So it's got horse carriages in it now. And he built a little one cause he only needed a, a dozen hens, but now he's got, you know, 30 more hens on order. They should be here in the spring and uh yeah they're just average red laying hens i'm not sure what kind they are the little white one he's caught in there somebody gave that to him and he, he's got a rooster in there now that some woman up the road gave to him yeah my dad's always been into the poultry he's into that shit.
3: if he builds a pen that's like three times the size that he needs that's the kind of guy I can get along with because that's like project overkill <laughs> hey, here, Oh, yeah. Everything we is, here. is
5: well over engineered around here. If they're going to build something, it gets built big.
3: Oh, I love that. I absolutely I I love building my own shit. I really do because you're always like you see something that you have that you look at it and you're like, that's a fucking piece of shit. Well, if you know people and you have some resources, you can almost always get that built better with your own standards. Yeah, just well, that, don't that little you chicken don't get house trouble. that
5: he built, that little chicken house that he's got there, it's all been made out of recycled material, just stuff that was laying around, you know? I don't think he put any money into it, it's just stuff.
3: Yeah, I, and again, I can get it, I can live by that. I, uh, my mom, my dad, when he passed away, I got some truckers dunnage and I built the urn for him and my mom, and him and my mom are going to be in the same urn together. And everything was from recycled uh, truckers done, because he was a trucker. Nice. Yeah, it was uh, my tribute to him.
5: Yeah, but he, I don't know, he got those, those hens, uh, I guess, in the spring, and they were already just starting to lay. And so they'll lay for, I don't know how long they lay eggs six months or eight months and then they molt they quit laying all their feathers come off they get new feathers and they start laying eggs again
1: on the topic of four, on the topic
0: of 4-h clubs do you think they take urban refugees such as myself like just adults who want to learn
5: about how to raise animals
3: uh 4-h is usually for children I believe. Yeah, yes that's it's, why for, I asked. it's for kids i think up to
5: 18 and then after they 16 or 18 they can go into uh young farmers which is like the next step above it and uh but yeah there's all kinds of shit you can learn from that
4: i i can just imagine having 4-h classes and you've got some farm kids in there and then just like some
0: middle-aged women in there from the cities who just want to learn how to raise chickens for eggs
5: no, you have to send your kid to 4 H and then learn from your kid. Just take the yeah. joke, man. <laughs> Fuck.
2: I'm actually just reading 4 H right now. I just asked my daughter if she would be interested and she's like, Yes, yes, yes.
5: <laughs> yeah, because there's all different clubs in 4 H. Like there's the there's a pony club and there's the dairy club and the beef club and the poultry club. There's all kinds of it. Rabbits, goats, you get
3: uh uh, pr- profitable too, like it's it can become profitable if you do what you do successfully with your own farm and you start from what they give you, You because you get, I believe you get discounts on cattle and like you said, all the different animals you can find through the 4-H club yeah. and you can start your own project. And at the end of it, when you're old enough, you can start selling stuff. And a friend of mine bought his, uh, he bought a show truck with the money that he got from his selling. And his parents were totally like, what do you want to do with the money? You, you ha- All you had to do was put him aside this much money for the, 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 the investment that they had provided for him. Uh, and anything after that, he can use a certain amount of it. And he made so much fucking money. He bought a show truck and he had tons of money left over and he ended up investing it. And then, of course, he became successful and disappeared. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
5: Then he realized fireman <laughs> sucks balls and quit doing it
3: probably fuck yeah yeah
5: well that's what i like that's why i ended up with the with the chickens when i was in 4-h because i was in the poultry club so that was your deal you went and you bought a bunch of day-old chicks that you ordered from the hatchery and they came as a little yellow golf ball and you got i don't know 30 of them and then you had to buy the feed and, and keep a record of how much they ate and how much it cost you and how quickly they grew until they were producing eggs or whatever, or, or meat or whatever birds you wanted to raise. And, uh, yeah, then once the project was done, they said, okay, well, you're successful. And then now you're stuck with all these hens. So they were, you know, now you got 30 eggs every day. So the neighbors would come down and we just had a refrigerator filled with eggs and they would put their money in the egg box and take their eggs. And and that's like shit, we'd supply eggs to probably 10 or 12 different families.
3: Yeah, that's it's fucking amazing how many eggs you can get from such a few fucking chickens. A chicken
5: lays an egg every day. So if you got, you know, 24 <clears throat> chickens, that's two dozen eggs every day. It's a lot of fucking eggs, man. It adds up quick.
3: Yeah, and they fucking hide them everywhere. Like, you, sometimes if you don't have them under containment and they're just free fucking roaming, they're fucking everywhere.
5: Oh, yeah, you got to keep them locked up or you, your eggs will be all over the fucking place.
3: Yeah, uh, my my uncle doesn't. They're all over the fucking farm, and I, I swear I don't know how fucking coyotes don't come in, but he's got a big, huge, horny ram, and... He's on a big fucking chain because he's a mean bastard if you get close to him because he's a alpha and he don't he don't like anybody near his girls. And uh, so I think that's the only thing that tears it. But I'm like, how many chickens do you have? And he's like, I lost count. And I'm like, so they're just running around. And he's like, yeah, pretty much. And I'm like, and you're not worried about coyotes? He's like, for some reason, they don't come around his farm. They just avoid the fucking place altogether. I'm like, yeah, you're starting to get smart after all these years. No, I we think, got
5: lots of coyotes around I, here. I, I, they, they'll they come right in the barnyard.
3: I, I think, uh, guys, I think that's how a lot of
0: these small operations end up selling eggs at farmer's markets, for example. Like, they'll just raise chickens for themselves, and hens, and then they'll have so many eggs, they won't know what to do with them, right? So then they start selling them off to friends and family, and they still have too many, so then they go to the farmer's market.
5: Oh yeah, we had, you know, we got pickled eggs and you you get so sick of eating fucking eggs that you, you don't even want to look at one.
4: It's it's a good
0: problem to have. Now, right? It's a good problem to have cuz you can make make some money off them, right?
5: Oh yeah. yeah, you'll make you'll make money. And you know, but still there's there's a ton of them. So there's eggs in everything. You 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 know, I have eggs for breakfast and eggs for lunch. And then there's eggs in the dinner. <laughs>
3: So they're a survival food too. Like they some of them are uh strictly bred just to lay eggs so that you you uh can keep them for longer, I believe. Yeah. I don't yeah. know how it works. Yeah, is that it, it's longer. The the lifespan of the chicken is longer.
5: Well the I don't chicken... know
3: this the span of the eggs is, is longer. Of how long they can I don't fucking know.
5: I don't know. I think an egg will stay in the... The oh. eggs that you buy in the grocery store, they can be anywhere from, you know, a, a two weeks to six months old. That's why they put those barcodes on them now to be able to date them. Because you can't tell yeah. the difference between an egg that's was laid yesterday and one that was laid six weeks ago. They look the
3: same. Yeah, until so you open it up. <laughs> yeah exactly exactly <laughs> so, so just for anybody listening if you really don't know about an egg and you want to check it make sure you do it above the sink or something so you can get rid of it right away because the smell will fucking you know there's oh yeah Rot- like, rotten eggs up?
5: are no fun
3: <laughs> no rotten fun egg at all. oh god no fuck bachelor days do not fucking i don't miss them <laughs>
5: But uh, a friend of mine, she had uh, these ducks. They're some sort of little brown duck, war ducks or something, she called them. But they are from England. They're an English duck. And uh, during the war, they raised these ducks in England because they produce eggs and they, were, they eat them. And she was trying to give me all these duck eggs all the time. You know, I've, I've ate them before, but I'm not a duck egg fan. Yeah, they're, they're, uh, if
3: you have them, they're for uh, a lot of people I know use them for their baking. And again, I don't know yeah. if I really like that. Sometimes, a, it, uh, yeah, it a duck egg it. is
5: is pretty heavy. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 a meal in itself.
2: Yeah, yeah. good for baking though.
4: Uh, Nugs, do you do you raise anything else
5: other than than, than livestock and and poultry? Not anymore. Like we used to, we used to have uh, like horses. We used to breed horses here on the farm, but they've pretty much got out of doing that. And we, when I was like, when I was younger, we had pigs, and we had goats. Like I say, we've, we've done pretty much all of it.
0: Did you guys ever uh, eat, eat the
5: horse meat? I know it's popular in Europe, not so much out here. I've eaten it before, not our own horse meat, but uh, yeah, I'm not a fan. It's not something that I'm really into.
0: What's it like? Is it just like gamey and super lean?
5: Yeah, it's lean. It's kind of like beef, but it's lean. I I wouldn't really call it gamey. It it has its own kind of flavor. So like like a mild bison then, maybe? Yeah, it's not stringy like beef. Like if you if you
3: want good meat, you want an animal that doesn't move. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. Cows, bison, buffalo—they they just that's sit why there they and keep eat. the
5: veal calves in the little yeah. igloo, so he doesn't run yeah. around and get all stringy. He doesn't move. Yeah. He just stands there.
0: Yeah. Just just to give a little explanation for the audience here, so tenderness comes from. The muscles in the animal that are used the least. So, if you're looking at a, a, a cow, for example, your your ribeye is a nice tender cut of meat because it's coming more from from the back, from the the ribs, and then you've got the you know, the tenderloin that's sort of nestled um, between you know the the rib and back area and the hip, where it doesn't get used at all. Because I mean, all the cow does is Stand there, right? Versus, say your your shoulders, like where your your ground meat comes from, where it's tougher because that's what the legs are attached to, and the cows are moving all the time. And you know it's the same with your your roast cuts, like your your rounds, your outside round, your inside round, your eye of round, that are coming from the hip area because that's a major muscle where the the animal's moving. So a horse, for example, which is always moving and is pretty much just built like a bodybuilder right like pure muscle no fat mm-hmm. is gonna be no. tough as hell because it's always moving every muscle is being used
3: it has long yeah, strings it in the it,
0: opposite
5: yeah. though yeah it's 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 not it's not tough but it, it's like got a lot of stringy meat in it
3: yeah it it's not really stringy meat either it's because it's so much muscular it yeah it's binded together with strands and it's it's i've never actually eaten the meat but i, I was watching a, a video just a little bit on horse meat why why people would eat it and i guess they always did it was never an animal they would have ridden and in, in fact they would have hunted these things down because they were harder to kill but even with the cows uh, it, it comes down to one thing. I, if, if I give you two identical calves and I tell you to go out and kill them the exact same way and you go out there and you take the shot and the first cow drops dead right in its spot, doesn't move. The second cow, you take the shot, hit it in the same spot, it drops, but the bullet ricochets somehow and it doesn't kill the animal. And now that can, animal's in stress mode. So all this adrenaline starts pumping. And it will flood all of the muscles and it will make the meat super tough to eat. So you can have two identical cows and if you kill the one cow just wrong, it will change the way the meat is. It's literally that that sensitive.
5: So boomer with your description yeah I don't know because with your description there uh, a yeah,
0: horse feet boomer it sounds a lot like fish. So fish doesn't have any connective tissue. Meaning, when you overcook it, it just sort of falls apart. Is that similar to horse meat then?
3: I wouldn't know. Actually, maybe maybe if you did like a slow cook or something like that, you could. I I don't know. um yeah, I know that they still they eat it in some stuff? places.
5: Oh yeah, they, they it's big in Europe. Like yeah Germany, sausage. A lot of sausage. They have,
3: yeah, yeah, they, they love that shit. Yeah, grind everything up and just fucking eat it all. It's yeah.
0: Well, fish has basically no fat and no connective tissue, so it's straight-up muscle, which is why I'm asking, so it sounds similar.
3: Yeah, but the structure of animals is completely different. One's getting oxygen through a whole other realm of difference, so the way it goes into the body is... And that's why octopus and squid and fish and stuff all have certain... certain ways of cooking it so that you can preserve what's in the meat like with us with squid it takes about three seconds to cook it properly calamari is a very fast fast food you do the breading and then you dip it in and you pull it out any longer than three four seconds usually it gets really tough and it shrinks up and then the calamari is just really chewy and it's not very good but if you cook it fast enough at a hot speed it it's very actually really uh tender uh still bit a bit chewy but it's more palatable it's easier to chew easier to swallow
0: yeah squid and octopus are kind of weird in that if you barely cook them they're quite nice and if you cook them a decent amount they're rubber but if you cook them a lot like a low slow braise they're tender again
3: yeah yeah and when it comes to fish depending on the fish Uh, again, whatever the fuck it's eating is going to change the fish completely. Uh, Certain fish that are uh, suckers and they eat all the nasty algae and and just nasty stuff tend to not to be like good fish or they tend to be a greasier fish or some are drier. Um, Like perch, a lot of people like perch, but unless you know how to cut it properly, you don't really get a whole lot from these little things. It's okay, but Definitely not my favorite of fish. Catfish. So, Catfish is the best. Going
1: back to beef a little bit, guys. What's what's your favorite beef dish, if any?
3: Oh god, I'll tell you, the one my favorite that I miss is my mom's Swiss steak. Nobody ever made a Swiss steak like hers, but she had a old recipe that came from down from uh i i guess it was used in the war that's what they were using and shipping out and they liked it a lot so that was the same recipe that they kept at home
5: i like it all pepper steak yeah, is pretty
3: yeah. nice yeah but juicy, yeah it, juicy it,
5: what's it your favorite beef
2: dish oh that's really hard to narrow down because i just I like roast. I think a nice, like, Sunday dinner roast with gravy and mashed potatoes and the whole nine yards. I like that. Otherwise, I like a good steak.
0: I I used to work at a fine dining place that made a, a beef carpaccio, it's called. So what we would do is we would take a an eye of round, or a, a couple eye, eye of round roasts, and we would or buddy-mine anyway, would sear them blue rare, and then they would go in the freezer. We'd wrap them, they'd go in the freezer, and then we would slice them when they were half-frozen, paper-thin. And uh, I think it was like a three-ounce portion or something like that. But yeah, they just really, really paper-thin, and then it would get portioned up and, and frozen. And when, when you had it, when it was thawed out, it would just melt in your mouth, and it was served with some... Um, some homemade fries and a, a truffle mayonnaise. And it was, yeah, wonderful. Sounds awesome.
5: I'll take two of those.
0: You, you can do carpaccio with, with pretty much anything. I know some places do like an octopus carpaccio where they'll like uh, roll it up into a log or something. Sounds
1: freeze like... it and
4: slice it thin. S-
3: sounds like something that if done right, would be very good and you would have to really get good at it to make it properly yeah well um, you,
0: you need a meat slicer to do it it's impossible to do without a meat slicer
3: nothing pisses me off more than uh getting a really shitty tough steak to begin with like you pay good money for a good steak i mean if you go into walmart don't expect much but if you go to a butcher shop and you're asking for for what you're asking for depending on the cut It it should be turning out the way you want it to, and if you're good at it. I find I don't order steaks out anymore, because if I order a steak out and I get it, I'm gonna be completely disappointed with it, because I know that for for 100% I can go home and probably take something out of the freezer and make it better than what the fuck they served me. That's one of the reasons why I don't eat out much. I mean, the other, of course, I can't afford it.
0: But a lot of these places I'll just look at, like. No, I, I'm sure you've got some talented cooks in your kitchen, but you're not gonna make it the way I want it. I, I'm just kind of making a compromise here based off of what's on your menu. I would much rather have my own cut of really nice beef and then cook it how I want to, and then eat it. It's it's really rare, like you go to maybe like a really upscale or a fine dining place where they really know your shit, and then you're just you're just sort of. Um, giving yourself up to them because you're trusting in their their skill level and creativity to give you something amazing
3: oh yeah but when when it really boils down to beef it doesn't really matter what the cut is for me i don't i don't care what it is it just has to be cooked right i love every every aspect of beef is really good um, maybe excessive the tongue or something like that. Yeah, don't, no, yeah I, I don't like gonna that. Eat
5: that tongue.
3: No, no, I'm not good at that. Um, or any of the innards. I don't like heart or any of that shit. Oh, liver. Heart's
5: good. Once in a while, heart's good. Yeah, I like liver, but I only eat liver that comes from this farm. I won't eat liver anywhere else because I don't know what the fuck's in it.
3: Yeah. Okay. Maybe that's something I can ask you about. Um when I grew up, liver was good. I liked it. And then, of course, we moved away. We did certain things, and we had to buy liver store-bought. Now, I've never had liver. Not one time have I had liver that reminded me of back when I was a kid. Because everybody's like, oh, liver and onions, liver and onions. And you go buy a fucking liver in the store, and it's like, yeah, no, that's that's fucking disgusting. Whatever the fuck yeah, that no, is, no thanks. disgusting.
5: Well, because like, when, we, when we do up our beef, it's baby beef. Cause like the, the, the calf or the steer that we do up, it's still a calf. And so you're not going to get a whole lot of meat off of it, but yeah, I'll eat that liver. But as for a store-bought liver no, thank you. Cause like, you know, if they inoculate that animal with some sort of antibiotics or steroids or whatever hormones, you know, where's that going to land? It's going to land right in his liver. And that's the last thing you want to eat.
3: Yeah. And if it's a pure, pure animal, that liver should taste better than anything that you would expect. It's, yeah.
0: This is an interesting discussion. So I, I watch a lot of old British cooking shows, and they talk about how a lot of them grew up on calves' liver, you know, in other words, veal liver and uh, pig's liver. And, uh, of course, they, they quite enjoyed it. Probably because they were sourcing it from small farms, just like you guys do. Versus the, the liver I've had, which just most of the time has been store-bought, which just has that really strong iron taste to it. And even if you give it a proper crust and you cook it medium-rare, it's just it's not that good. I've never had like the, the pure liver you're sort of talking about. Now you've got me excited.
5: No, it's good. It,
0: it's it's, it's
3: good. a filter so anything that the animal eats filters through the kidneys and the liver like like normal and yeah when it picks up like you said all the uh, antibiotics and fed stuff that it shouldn't be f- being fed it yeah uh, i don't know what the f- i don't know what it is but yeah
5: i don't i avoid that shit I, unless it comes sourced from this farm i won't eat the liver have you guys worked with kidneys at all yeah, no. my my granny made steak and kidney pie. Oh man, to die for!
0: That that's that's sort of the the canonical dish for for kidney. But the, the kidneys you get in the stores they just reek of urine. They're gross. Well, yeah, that's what the kidney does. Yeah,
4: I, I'm basically <laughs> yeah, most your
0: discussion you know. here. So the the kidney that nah. you get off of your animals is it less pungent?
5: Oh yeah, yeah, it doesn't stink at all you still got to like devein the kidney and wash it. And it's, I forget how, how she does, how you do it. You have to soak it in water or something to get that, get all the piss out of it. <laughs> but then you, yeah, that's why they mix it with steak to make the steak go farther.
3: Mm, again, another survival tool that, that steak would help with the kidney flavor as well. Oh yeah, I imagine the steak and the kidney pie is, is,
5: is to die for, man.
3: I've never even heard of that. That's interesting.
0: It's a classic British dish. Like, um, there'll be like, um, some sort of hearty gravy in there, maybe even with some ale added. Um, I, I can't speak for
5: kidneys. Yeah, it, but... It's, it's like, it's like a meat pie. It's yeah. like a, uh, it's steak and gravy and kidney with a with the pastry crust on top and then it's baked in the oven. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I I can't speak for kidneys, but I know a lot of chefs will soak liver in milk overnight to to mellow
5: out the flavor. Yeah, sometimes I will. Like I'll, I'll I wouldn't overnight. I might soak it in there for 10 minutes or so because the liver is is pretty pretty porous, so it will soak up whatever you put it in like almost immediately. It would be good for marinades then, eh? You could do a quick marinade with liver. Yeah, you probably could. What what I like to to do, what I've done lately with it, is is I'll I'll cut it into small strips, and then I'll I'll stir fry it with onions and green peppers.
0: Yeah, liver liver is one of those ingredients that used to be used a lot, and you don't see much of it now. If you look at a lot of the old recipes for various types of sausage, for example, there, there was all, almost always a portion of liver cut in there. Or, you know, you've got stuff like your liver verse, like your, your your German liver sausage.
5: Yep. yep. That's, that's because people used everything they could get.
4: Yeah.
0: So, yeah. You know, you yeah. had, didn't your, have any waste. You've got your old country pate that's probably got like a third of it being liver. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it really is a shame, but it, it kind of speaks to just what you guys have been talking about—just the general low quality of of organ meat these days. It, you, you can't really blame kids for not wanting to eat it.
3: No, but I don't trust
5: it because <laughs> I don't know what's in it.
3: A sad part about that whole thing is, like you are saying, like the liver pate and stuff. There was a point in time when, if you could afford to that, it was like a smug thing that, like. Here, we're using the liver for this stuff. And a lot of people at that time were fucking resorting to a lot worse for food. And it's a scary thought that we could even be on the brink of doing that. And I think that's why the foods have gone as as stray the way they have for sustainability effect. And now people are starting to realize how bad the food is for them it's kind of too late and the government's got to get their fucking dirty hands into it make their money and now they're put i think that's why they're pushing the way these are and these small little farm like Nuggs' farm have been downsizing to the point of non-existence because they're just going to make it more expensive to to do for the in the long run uh everything's just going to get to that point so learning how to do some of these dishes wouldn't be a bad idea just in case one day you have to do it and it's like yeah what do you do with this liver well we're starving we have a piece of liver what are we going to do with it at that point salt and pepper yeah Yeah. salt and pepper if i have to (laughs) (laughs) fuck yeah right and it's like i i have been that broke like i've when I was with my parents, they went through some really shitty times, and I had to stay with some foster parents, and it's like, okay, so this is what they get to eat, great. And then you go back to your house, and it's like, oh, fuck, we, we really, that was a, an eye-opener to, like, how expensive things are. And when, uh, when the market really crashed in the 80s, it, it hurt. So there was like i hear people talk about how their grandfathers had large sandwiches and i'm thinking fuck we were really close to having fucking large sandwiches so all these great recipes that we can make doing it are good but i think trying to keep the recipes simple and effective would be their best bet preserving them if there's a way to preserve these types of food like liver and kidneys you might just want to think about doing that in the future because yeah um i believe with the porous aspect of a liver you can also put certain preservatives that would soak into it that help last longer
5: well that's oh, that's really good in. for you too it's no it's yeah. iron it, it's it's like organ meats are good for you
0: well guys that's where you get into pates right you can actually find Pates in in supermarkets and some of the higher end stores that are canned, right? So you would can your pate after you you prepared it. I know um, one of the European stores I like to go to carries cod liver pate from Iceland, and it's
5: it's quite nice, and it just comes in a can. Yeah, and, and uh, goose liver pate. I've I've had that before. This is something, and I.
0: I, I keep going back to this. Like, nobody knows more about food than French peasants, and they they would do a ton of this stuff, right? Like they would have all this different poultry around, like duck, chicken, goose. You you name it, like turkey, all that stuff. And we they had would, to
3: get inventive.
0: Yeah, and they would make all the pates. And you look at where did foie gras come from? Well, history says foie gras was more of a Jewish practice back in the day, but it was actually a means of preserving fat so they would just stuff these birds full of grain and the the birds would fatten up and then
1: there there was the fat that they would cook with right absolutely
5: yeah um, haven't you haven't like you it. ever heard of putting goose goose grease on your boots
0: not on the boots no but i've worked with goose fat and i i, I like it a lot there's a lot of fat on that
5: bird that's how you waterproof your boots. Put goose grease on them.
0: I like it. I like it.
5: Well, food.
0: That's hi- a great idea. Food history is funny because a lot of the, the 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 dishes that are popular once originated as peasant dishes. You know, like a risotto from Italy or a cassoulet from from France. Uh, and then you have got things like even even fried rice or you know, whatever from from China. Um, if you look at Cajun cuisine, for example, a Cajun Creole cuisine, that cuisine originated from the slave trade, and where you had the, the plantation owners were eating the nice cuts off the animals, like the nice cuts off the pig. That's where the expression high on the hog comes from, because you're getting the tender cuts, like the like the loin, <clears throat> versus what the the slaves were getting, they were just getting the feet and all the yeah all the leftovers right so chitlins chitlins for example those are intestines so that chitlins are still pretty popular down in the u.s in in, in black yeah. culture. and yeah basically they take intestines and rinse them out before. and fry them up
5: yeah or they'll stuff chitlins with like sausage meat
3: mm-hmm. well, that's what uh the original sausages were where they used the the intestine Yes. For the fucking skits. yes, yes,
5: that's yeah. yeah that, that, that's... aren't bad. I don't know. They're better than grits, for fuck's sakes
3: I've never had that, but nobody ever I've ever talked to who said they have it. Say so you don't. You
5: no, know, uh, uh, the grit is the little thing on the end of a kernel of corn, the little niblet thing on the very end, and they knock that off, and then they make like porridge out of it. It's fucking shit. What <laughs> really? That's fucking, yeah, that sucks. You know, when you get a corn, a kernel of corn, and it has a <laughs> yeah, yeah. On it, well, they take that little point off, and that's the grit. And then they get a lot of it, and they make like put boiling water on it, make porridge out of that shit. It's tasteless like fucking, fucking nuts. Yeah, it's tasteless fucking garbage.
0: Which is probably why they keep wow. it full of butter to
1: give it butter and sugar to give it flavor.
5: Yep. <laughs> That's exactly what you got to do is soak that shit in butter just to get it down. It's awful. Fuck. I don't know if people like grits. I'm not going to say I've, I've had them before and I'm not a fan. But when we were kids, we always used to eat rolled oats, like, like porridge, quick oats, Quaker oats. They had porridge in the winter.
3: For breakfast. Yeah, yeah I, I, I was, really like that harvest crunch for that.
0: I, I still buy the big bags of the rolled oats. Um, I, I don't make oatmeal like I used to, but I will I will use the oats for crust on my bread. I'm actually in the process of making a big batch of granola this week. So I, I bought about five pounds worth of crab apples from a local farm, and I sliced about half of that on a mandolin and
5: just soaked them in some water are you, are you gonna gonna put on your pith hat and, and your hiking boots and take off into the woods or yeah you, maybe i may frihola? have to do that but and you yeah. got yourself some fucking trail mix there buddy yeah <laughs> trail mix everybody
0: yeah so I'll just sprinkle them with sugar dry them out in a low oven for about three hours and i've got a bunch of apple chips now and i actually just took some out of the oven right before we started here and then yeah i just have to toast some oats or some grains like that. I, I
5: saw you making those apple some, chips the other day. I thought, what the fuck is he doing with those? Yeah,
0: Yeah. Now, I've I know. Got, I've got a bunch of wheat berries. I've got a bunch of rye berries. I'm probably going to toast those up and cook them down with some honey. I'll probably buy some raisins. I know I've got a bunch of almonds kicking around for baking. But yeah, I'm just going to make a huge
5: batch of granola and try rolling with it. I've yeah, got a nice recipe. you're, you're going you're to need that stuff when you got your hands wrapped around a tree and you know, out in the woods
0: yeah yeah well maybe i maybe i miss miss my rent one of these months and i'll
5: just go out live in the woods i was a tree hugger for 10 years i hugged every motherfucking tree long enough to get a choker around it so they could drag it out
1: did you give them mouth hugs or meat hugs
5: no we didn't give them no hugs we just wrapped them with ropes and pulled them out of the bush oh
1: you're one of those guys eh? the loggers still hug a tug
5: yeah trees are for cutting it's like grass
1: well guys we're uh we're coming up on two hours here does anybody have anything to add any final thoughts
5: uh, no, no but if you guys Here's got any any other questions and she... always up to answering weird questions about firemen and stuff if i know the answer
2: i I had one question and that was about cows and alfalfa
5: Uh uh-huh cows eat that stuff
2: see and i was told years ago that alfalfa is very poisonous and bad
5: for cows Mm, well i don't know they mix it with with other grasses and and plant it for hay and Cows eat that shit. I've never seen one die from it.
2: Oh, okay. Never mind
5: then. I was told that it can kill cows. It might if they ate just like ate a lot of it. Because I know cows will bloat. They'll, They'll get gas built up in their stomach and then it gets so full that they can't breathe and they die.
2: Okay, then that would maybe make sense. I know that um, I, I, what happened is I had seen a bloated dead cow in a pasture and I was asking my friend when I was with him what happened to that cow and he said he probably got into an alfalfa
5: patch and died. Yep,
3: that's Yeah, because they will gorge themselves to fucking death on that shit.
5: Yeah, or if they get not into, the like, alfalfa,
2: it,
1: It's
3: yeah, not the well,
2: alfalfa that's poisonous it's just that it's not as easily digestible for them and they really eat too much of it
3: yeah well yeah they all well, over eat, from it too
5: they will eat so much of it and then it it starts building up gas and they have no way of releasing the gas until they just kind of they bloat if their stomach yeah. gets so big they just can't breathe anymore and they just fall over dead
3: curious if other cows or cows certain cows can eat alfalfa and certain cows can't because I know that uh, there are some stuff that you can't you don't want your cows eating at all and because of that factor and maybe alfalfa really is one of them yeah Um, I know
5: if they get into like green silage and that's really dangerous because cows will eat it and then they'll just fucking die
3: yeah and oh fuck it's it bad It's, oh, I don't like that part of it at all. Amazing thing that I saw
5: one time though, is I was, when I lived out west, I was working for these Dutch farmers, helping them put in silage, just on my days off, driving tractors for them. And the cows, they had dairy cattle, and one of them got into the silage and it started to bloat. And the old Dutch grandpa went out there with his pocket knife and bugging punched it in the ribs a couple times and stabbed the fucker with his knife and let a big fucking belch of air out of it. And he goes, oh yeah, it'll be fine. I'd never oh, seen anybody children. do that before. And the cow lived, it was fine, but it was in distress, for sure. That's
2: funny because
1: that,
5: awesome. that
2: amazing Dr. Pohl, he's a veterinarian that has a TV show and he's Dutch. And he, I've seen him do the same thing actually, you stab a cow in the belly and let the air all out.
5: Yep, I've never seen anyone do that other than that old dude. Uh, I was just amazed. I thought, holy shit.
4: Well, guys, this has been a lot of fun. Uh, Nugs, thanks for coming on. Uh, we may have to get you back at another time to talk beef.
5: Oh, yeah, any time. Yeah, I dig up some questions if you've got anything. And, you know, there is there is a, a website for uh, the Maine Anjou breeders in Canada. It's Maine Anjou. Association of Canada, and uh, there's all kinds of good information on there. Yeah, well, they'll tell you about those cows. Yeah, I'll try and get the link to it. I'm kind of not real computer savvy, as you know.